the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I once worked on set with a guy who was obsessed with donuts and food presentation on television shows. It was his thing. He liked to stack donuts so that, like, you would be watching two characters interact. Oh, nice. And you'd be distracted. You look at the donuts and kind of lose yourself, much like people do in real life, right? Uh huh. So, lots of stuff going on. A lot of delivery going on, right? A lot of stories in this 21st century about drones delivering stuff and cars delivering stuff and old people getting into Ubers and Lyfts and going to the pharmacy or the pharmacy comes to them. Can you imagine a day and age where you can go walk to your car and say, well, I'd like some of those pink pills because I got phlebitis. I don't even want to know what phlebitis is, but delivery boom is changing everything about the restaurant business now. And a lot of people need to adapt and or change. Uh, there's a restaurant in my hometown that if you take an Uber or Lyft to the restaurant, they'll give you like $10 off your meal, maybe even 10%. I'm not even sure. But I love it because they're trying to tackle the, we want to get people in the restaurant but people who don't want to deal with parking. Got it, got it. So that restaurant's adapting, right? There's a tech pioneer guru who I still like to read. His name's Tom Siebel. started Siebel Systems. And he'll throw out some ideas like, have you ever ridden in a self-driving car? He's like, I won't go into one. That's despite the fact that he's you know, got an artificial intelligence company and a machine learning company designed particularly for self-driving cars. Siebel is a legend in the software industry. He sold his company, Siebel Systems, to Larry Ellison. It's Oracle back in 2006 for $5.85 billion. Now he's got a new company called C3 IoT, Internet of Things, right? It's focused on using artificial intelligence for things such as predicting failure of oil rigs and jets and saving companies money by doing so. So he's using machine language, machine learning, artificial intelligence to potentially do big things that you'll never even notice. Predicting failures of oil rigs or jet engines that might, might explode. Saving companies money by doing so. You saw in 2018, there was a big story about Southwest where an engine blew up and threw a part into the window of a passenger and she got sucked out of the plane and ultimately died. So the self-driving initiatives, he's looking at artificial intelligence and machine learning going, nah, I don't buy it. But Alphabet's Google and NVIDIA and other companies are, are aggressively going after it. So he's bringing up the concept of a mixed bag when it comes to dealing with technology. And I love that. So it's a mix of enthusiasm and dread and the incredible benefits to society. Uh, much like the big industrial revolution, you know, it, it, it had very grave costs. Down with the steam engine. With the industrial revelation, uh, revolution, you had things like child slave labor, displacement of populations as people moved to cities. You had the rise of communism of people who... Um, if you work for the state, the state gives back to you. Instead of if you work for industry, you provide your own future. It was division. 
So there was a lot of good in technological change. There's a lot of bad in technological change. So using artificial intelligent algorithms, um, when you're buying tons and tons of materials, when you're trying to manage margins, when you're trying to protect machinery, companies like John Deere, 3M, Royal Dutch Shell are all signing up. Quasi-government entities like the U.S. government's uh, U.S. Air Force signing up. So he's an old cat, Tom Siebel, and uh, I kind of like that he's around. And that he's bringing up conversations about the Internet of Things and conversations. And again, if, just 2017, 2018, just start watching the TV show Westworld. And the questions that arise when you give a machine artificial intelligence. Are you allowed to rape and murder it? If you have a, a pet robot dog, an Ibo, are you allowed to stomp on it? Or are you still a, a serial killer in the making just because it's a robot and not a real animal. There's a lot of questions. And, and even saying things like, I don't want to get into a self-driving car. It, it's telling you, like, there's going to be some hurdles to be overcome. But then we get over them. Take a look at technology in the last, you know, 20 years when we used to use uh, beepers. Beepers! Beepers! We would pay 20 bucks a month to have someone beep us so we can call them back. And, like, I had one. I'm embarrassed by it, but I had one. So... If you go back to the 1930s and 1940s, you had, you know, back in the 1940s, you had the first computer called ENIAC, um, and that was in Pennsylvania somewhere. Then you had IBM and digital equipment. Uh, now you have, like, the Internet of Things. Everything kind of starts to pile on top of each other. It starts, you know, uh, but you essentially have to have a computer for all of this technology to continue to work. So there was a, a law called Metcalfe's Laws, and... Um, the value of network increases in proportion to the square of the number of entities connected to it and connecting to one another. So getting more information and more artificial intelligence and machine learning, it shows you like Facebook. I'm not going to say that they're bad actors, but the technology that you want out of it, it's not there yet or it's developing and it's not a big story. But the ability to figure out like, hey, Rob likes to ski. That's that's there. Facial recognition. It's it's we have a lot to be delighted with and we've got a lot to be worried about. And I think 2017, 2018 is really showing us that with data breaches and with problems with uh, privacy. So it's all out there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm sitting here with good friend Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source. He helped me get a place, a second home, a vacation home, a summer home. And we're talking about uh, movies and the first movie he ever saw. And I, I, I told him the first movie I ever saw. And I went to YouTube to see how it held up. Oh, it looks awful. It was Mine was Blackula, which I snuck into a theater. I think I had a fascination with Dracula at the point in time. But it scared the pee out of me. Like, I was, I was traumatized by it. And that may explain some stuff. But um, I don't think they can make a movie like Blackula anymore. So I, I, I don't think so. Um. I, maybe they could. Maybe if it's the insiders have the joke, you know, like a Damon Wayans. I don't know. But uh, awful, awful film. If you go to YouTube and uh, type in Blackula, Pam Greer's in it. It was a phase in movie history where it was called black, black exploitation, black exploitation, where films, basically all black cast would come out. Um, 
And uh, that is what it is. 1972 classic Black Mirror. What was that all about? I don't know. I'm off topic. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Oh, we were talking about movies and uh, the subscription service called MoviePass. And then we started talking about the first movies we've seen. Yep. So Movie Pass, I think, is a pretty good deal if you go to the movies, if that's yeah. your treat of the month. Same thing like a second home. If you use it, it's it can make uh, financial sense in a lot of cases. As long as you're not going to vacations in Hawaii and then, you know, Mexico, and, and then you use your vacation home every once in a while. Um, I think that that's the one thing about a vacation home or second home is it's kind of locked you into doing stuff at that place uh, to get, you know, your money's worth. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, like, for instance, um, I want to give, you know, the use of the home to my friends and family. Well, okay. And well, the, you look at both extremes. So, my brother, he has a vacation home in Myrtle Beach. And, but he wasn't able to just support it as a place where he could just use it as friends and family. He had to rent it out. So, he does the whole VRBO. He blocks off the times that he, him and his family go down there and use it. Um, and maybe his friends. And... Uh, and he gets good use out of it, but that's every time he goes on vacation. Hey, I'm at the beach. Yeah, I'm at the beach. Where you at? I'm at the beach. He's always at the same place every time, so he gets to use it. I'm at the uh, gentleman's club at the beach. <laughs> at the beach. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the, hey, um, I got. I, go I know your brother. I, I got to go down and fix the hot tub. Um, then I get the phone call at at midnight, and where you at? Um, gentleman's club. <laughs> my, my, I'm in the gold room. I'm in the gold room. I, I think we know where you are. So anyhow, um, so buying a second home, not the easiest thing to come up with, but we still have really good interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got really good advice a couple of years ago. I was looking and I wish I had done it a couple of years ago because things are cheaper. But I was talking to a real estate agent who didn't really get to know me well, but she said something that sparked me. And I, I remember it. She goes, I'm like, I'm a money guy. I do a radio show. I do a TV show. Like, I'm a money expert. Like, I am like, I, I was acting all cool. And she goes, vacation homes are not meant to make money. They're meant to be enjoyed like a Picasso. You basically get to um, enjoy it for 10, 15 years and then sell it. And what's interesting about Truckee is, in Tahoe, is you get all the amenities of an HOA in Truckee. You don't in Tahoe. So you kind of have to choose very carefully. But the average home, the average lifespan, not lifespan, but the the average person sells a home in five to seven years. So you get it for a short period of your kid's life before they turn 16, and then you sell it when they turn 16, or you keep it as a family, you know, Thanksgiving. Family home, yeah. Right, right. You got to figure you're paying, paying off, you know, five to seven, maybe even 10 years of principal balance, and you may take that equity somewhere else. You might just say, at that point, your kids go to college. Maybe you 1031 and didn't do a rental property at their, where they go to college. So they can own a property there and manage it, rent it out to some of the other students and you know, start learning some real life experience owning real estate. Yeah, and again, that's that's another. And see, Wade, my real estate agent up there, who if anyone wants to get in contact with him, contact Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Um, you stop and forget, like if you have kids going to like UC Davis, you can get their housing cover for four years, then maybe keep it as a rental to other college kids. And that's a tough one. It's a tough yeah, one. It is. Um, there, there's a you group don't of want, investors out there that yeah. just do. College towns. Uh, college towns. Okay. Um, and there, for a while, there, there was a company here in the Bay Area that was, you know, the, the companies that are promoting, hey, don't buy. It's hard to find real estate investment here in the Bay oh, Area. Yeah, Try to get out of the state. And there was a company that was doing that only in college towns. So I, I would run across two or three people a year that would own like four or five six plexes in like Knoxville. 
or you know some college town on the east coast and and then they're trying to get out of it because it was a bad deal um or there's just too much damage and they want to move it to some somewhere closer where they can manage it so be really careful about that kind of stuff but um there's there's some definitely strategies i mean you you go through those phases you need your principal residence if you can do a second home perfect if not you're doing a rental and then eventually your your kids go to school and you buy a place for them to rent out there um it's all about the math. You have to afford it. You have to take on the risk. And going back to our, our previous um, uh, segment, I said you have to get over that first hump of deciding to do it and putting all the ducks in a row and you know f- fixing your credits, see, looking at your budget. How involved are you going to be in that project? I mean, for you, I think you're fortunate where you don't have to rent it out in the first year for it to be affordable, but a lot of people can't, and they want to buy a vacation property and do that whole VRBO and block off the times that they use it. But they need that extra money to qualify. Some people don't even buy them as second homes. They buy them as rentals. And then they, on their tax returns, they, in reality, that is, they use it as a vacation property. And there's, you know, lenders are fine with that for the most case. So one of the things I liked about Wade, the real estate agent who kind of worked with me and you, uh, he worked with you and Chad previously, and then he worked with me on this one. Uh, one of the things that I liked was he did get to deny me, and like he's like, "Oh no, no, no! You can't, that driveway, it, it's slanted. Oh, no, you're gonna go slide into the garage in the winter." I'm like, "He knows me. Yeah. I'm the guy who's gonna go slide into the garage in the car through the garage door." Um, but that worked out pretty well, I think. All things um, being what they are, I think after a couple homes, you, you, I think your realtor should know you after the first two or three. Show you a couple bad ones, show you a couple good ones, and kind of feel you out. Sure. That's what Wade did. He was pretty good about it. But I think the, the hardest part was uh, figuring out if it was Tahoe or it was going to be Truckee. And I, I, I like Tahoe Donner. I think it's a fantastic community. They, it's been there forever. So the HOA dues are low. And it's got all the amenities. In the winter, it's a ski resort. In the summer, it's a golfing and um, right next to the airport. swimming. And right. there's an airport if you decide to do that kind of thing. And big city right down the road in Reno, Reno, Tahoe. You can find uh, Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you need a second opinion on getting qualified for a second home, or if you want to get a home in the Bay Area, that's fine, too. Um, but get some skin in the game. Don't overbuy, but get some skin in the game. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Got that seminar coming up that we're now starting to hear promos for. Check it out. It's going to be at the Toll House Hotel in late September. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Lots going on in the world of investments and uh, stock market. Man, Donald Trump. Whoopsie. Accused Google of basically filtering their homepage to be uh, biased against his Republican agenda. What was that compared- all about? He tried to compare the results that Google did for Obama to him, saying they were more favorable than Google released all the proof and said wrong. We treated you both the same. Pretty interesting, right? The president's fighting with Google. I once got into a situation where um, someone plagiarized something, and I was like, I don't want the fight. 
you know, it's just, I'm just not going to call this out. I'm not going to follow it up. I'm not going to release any data. Um, it's bad news when you've got a big guy like El Presidente going after you. But so far, Google seems to be handling it well enough. Elsewhere, U.S. spending home sales fell seven-tenths of a percent in July. Um, this has been two or three months now, three months of weaker data all across the home sector as far as supply and demand. Now, prices, they're still holding up. Fewer Americans, though, signed contracts in July to buy homes compared to the previous month. The National Association of Realtors said that its pending home sales index fell seven-tenths of a percent. That's something you probably don't really much care about. Home sales have stumbled in recent months, despite the robust job market. Uh, Is it as good as we get? It's pretty nirvana right now. If you take a look at the stock market, it it feels pretty good. Um, And I just want you to be intelligible about it, as intelligible as you can be. So a little bit of profit-taking is in order. The market is hitting record highs on days back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Valuations will become more and more stretched as we go into the fall. The only thing that seems to be able to kill this stock market rally right now would potentially be earnings messes. The threat of China tariffs and China tariffs, it's not sticking to the market yet. Um, higher interest rates, not sticking to the market. Higher commodity costs, not sticking to the market. We're paying more for gas this year. Toot, toot, yeah, beep, beep. I know you're saying, did you just, did? are, are you quoting Donna Summer? Maybe. Summer driving season is going to end much like it began, with American Motors paying the highest price at the gasoline pump in four years. Ooh. The national average gasoline price remains near a four-year high, about 43 cents per gallon. Analysts say drivers should expect gas prices to drop less than they usually do in the fall, as looming sanctions on Iran boost the cost of crude oil. Gas prices barely budge this summer, as the cost of crude oil... Um, it's stuck right now. It's not really breaking out, but it's not really breaking down either. So gasoline, ooh, two eighty-five a gallon. That sounds pretty cheap, doesn't it? When you get into California, I see it at three fifty, three seventy, all the way up to four, depending on if you're in a tourist trap. I hate that. Doesn't it feel awful when you're like you just pay four bucks a gallon to, to gas up, and then three miles down the road you're like, ah, oh. are you with me against me? Credit card mistakes that people make. Um, we got to stop throwing away money. I hate it when food goes bad. So I tend to find that I'm buying less and less because I hate it when it goes bad. Now, this credit card mistake costs Americans about $1 billion. Do you know what it is? It's wasteful, right? Credit cards can earn you hundreds of dollars in rewards. Woo! Yay! Although we're hearing some stories about credit card companies canceling their points, closing the cards on their users. If they're, for instance, trying to game the system and open too many Chase Sapphire cards. but So you're hearing a little bit of that. A common way people misuse their credit cards is paying bills late. The old late fees. I, now, I live in this age where I guess I don't have a secretary in my life, and I guess I don't have anyone doing my bills. So I do it all myself, right? And I put everything online. I couldn't imagine paying a bill late at this point in time. 
A common way people misuse their cards is paying bills late. Just over 20% of Americans, 20% say they've made delinquent credit card payments, meaning they're 30 days overdue. That equals, in the first quarter of 2018, the first three months, $23 billion of credit card debt being delinquent. And they hit you with that. When you're 30 days late, your first late payment's typically $27. But if you continue to pay late, it's $38 in penalties. Penalties. Can you imagine having a penalty? But yeah, we do. Being delinquent on your credit card can have a huge negative effect on your finances. Um, I, I don't even like going to ATM machines that charge $1, 2 or $3. I hate it. Drives me insane when you have to do it. I know, I know, I know. You're saying, when do you have to do it? You know those nights when you go out with guys and you go gambling or something? Or you're like, ah, uh, what do you mean you only take cash? And you're like, where's my Wells Fargo or my Bank of America? You only take cash? Really? No one only takes cash. Oh, somewhere, somehow, some do. So um, so the larger the balance, the more interest you have to pay as well. So Americans just, we throw a lot of money away. And if there's one thing that, you know, if if you were to have a New Year's resolution this year, let's try not to throw money away in, you know, penalties to credit card companies. Um, When you survey generations, the generation that was most likely to have serious credit card debt it's, um, you would assume it's the millennials, but it's actually Generation Z, the younger than millennials. Right? That makes sense. Good. I do remember those days when uh, you're 18 and you're checking your ATM balance or your bank balance at your ATM, and you're like, oh, it looks like Visa's going to have to wait for their payment. Or, you know, whoever, Capital One, whoever it was, but you get the idea. So, yeah, the credit card companies, there's uh, been some big financial stories going around recently that um, the rewards kind of mania that went on about two years ago where you'd get 100,000 points to sign up. That's like $400. Um, The mania of that has left the credit card companies with a lot of potential liability, you know, billions of dollars in rewards that they have to pay out. So I, I use my rewards as much as I can to the max that I can. So uh, that's where I'm coming from on this side of the fence. Other stories of note, other financial stories of note. We've got the Labor Day higher gas prices. Boring, right? Are you going to be traveling? I will. So Friday right after radio, I'm boogieing on down the road. Amazon's close to becoming the second company to hit $1 trillion valuation. Um, that's pretty amazing. And it's a milestone. It's something you almost want to celebrate. Amazon is pooled within about $25 billion of becoming America's second trillion-dollar company. Um, impressive. You know, obviously, Apple became the first company with a 13-digit capitalization. Now, who out there is feeling a little bit nervous because the market seems to be melting up right now? i.e. it's the same old, same old again. You know, I'm looking at the screen right now, whether it be Apple or Google or Facebook, Netflix, they all seem to be moving higher. It's market-weighted average. So we are going to be setting ourselves up for one vicious pullback because we're not letting off steam ever. It just continues to melt higher. So when it does happen, it's going to feel bad. So remember how good it feels now looking at your 401k? Be honest. If you looked at your 401k recently and went, uh-huh, who's the man? I'm the man. Sweet. Who's the man? Nice work. Sweet. Sweet. Um, so I don't say that when I look at my portfolio. I go, who's the man? I'm the man. You know who I hate? Kevin O'Leary. 
I'm so tired of seeing Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. He's all over the TV, whether it be CNBC or just, ugh. So I think he gives awful, I think he gives awful financial advice. And that's something I wish CNBC, and less so Bloomberg. Bloomberg tends to take the analyst approach, where CNBC will put anyone on air. I kind of wish they would, they would like l- listen to what he says, because he's wrong most often. So what else do we have today that we're looking at? Let's take a quick look at the markets. Uh, we're a little bit lower. We've had four or five up days, and um, a little bit of profit-taking is normal and in line. Companies like Amber Fitch, Dollar General, Dollar Tree, Michael Stores, Berlin Stores, Signet Jewelers posted results. Some mixed results in those numbers. No dominant pounding story right now. It's kind of that back-to-school weird time we're in where the news just isn't really all that pushy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. A lot of exciting stuff going on in fintech right now. Coming up, I'm going to give you what I believe to be stock ideas. Consult a broker advisor before taking any action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show, obviously. Um, but Morgan Stanley's rolling out an app that is really geared towards younger people. And when you think about Morgan Stanley, you probably think New York City, the 100-tower building. You're probably thinking marble floors, uh, vice presidents of presidents, presidents of vice presidents of business development. Lots of stupid job titles, right? With that out there. Um, they're coming up with an app, Morgan Stanley is, because they're seeing how great companies like Square... Ding, 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 stock idea, stock idea. How Jack Dorsey Square is doing and seeing how companies like Venmo, which is tied towards PayPal, and um, some of the other financial apps of transferring money, like Zelle. You could probably say, okay, who's Zelle? Well, a lot of banks got together and said, you know, we don't want PayPal and Venmo to run away with this. We want to have some say in the financial world going forward. So we are going to come up with something that sounds totally unlike banks. Zelle is a lot like Venmo, which is a lot like PayPal. And I think they're all great ideas. So Morgan Stanley is trying to copy this. Now, Square seems to be doing something it's almost unheard of. They've got a high valuation, so they're way too expensive. But they keep coming up with innovation to keep their revenue kind of exciting. And do I dare say on the juicy side... Um, doing everything kind of right in the financial tech world. So Morgan Stanley coming up with a big app, obviously trying to say, let's fight it. So I got an email from someone saying, do I like online banks? Janice, Janice sent that to me. And uh, I like online banks. I'll be honest with you. I don't know the last time I was in a Bank of America or Wells Fargo to do any of my banking. All my accounts are online. I suppose I had to sign some paperwork for Home Equity Line, but I can't think of anything else, really, to be fair. So trade deals. Trade deals are in the news. This week started off bang with one of the most awkward press conferences I've ever seen. Donald Trump trying to figure out how to use a phone while talking to the president of Mexico. You want to hear how bad my politics are? I think he's president-elect. I could be wrong. There was something going on there that wasn't quite right. Anyhow, I guess what I'm getting at with this is uh, the market started off with a bang on that. Now we're kind of looking at Canada. Oh, Canada. I love Canadian women. I love Canadian beer. 
and I love Canadian hockey. Actually, no, you can keep the Canadian beer. I'll keep the women in the beer. I'll keep the women in the hockey. I'm confusing myself. Take off, you hosers. They sure are funny up in the great white north, aren't they? Do you remember David, Bob and Doug? If that means nothing to you, just keep moving on. We got initial claims for the week ending August 25th. Increased by 3,000 to 213,000. While continuing claims for the previous week decreased by 20,000 to 1.7 million. Continuing claims, and here's the kick. Until we see this number spike on unemployment claims, until it gets over to 400,000. I mean, I'm not saying go away. I'm saying the market has a lot of work. It could work higher. If we're employed, we're going to figure out you know ways of spending our paycheck. So that first-time unemployment claims number that I give every Thursday, it may sound boring to you. And trust me, it's boring to me. But it's a big tell. Warren Buffett's talking about Apple right now. Man, I love Warren Buffett. I never had a grandfather. I know you're saying, oh, one grandfather passed away in a war, and the other one, my dad was an orphan. Uh, so I know you're saying, oh, that's now terrible. it makes sense. It's not terrible. He, my, here's the thing that's terrible. My dad was put in an orphanage and no one ever bought him or no one ever took him. He spent his whole life in an orphanage. I know what you're saying. It's a hard knock life for him. It was a hard knock life. Oh, my, yeah, was. my, my. I know I'm not going to go to Broadway anytime soon, but maybe off Broadway. 800-516-1220 each calls in the air. Oh, more pedophilia tweets from Elon Musk and a rescue diver's lawyer says a libel suit is on the way. He's turning into a bit of a man child, Elon Musk. When you see, you know, the women he dates, like 20-year-old rappers and stuff, uh, he's living life. Maybe I would, too. Maybe I would, too. But he's kind of got a controversial, counterproductive streak in him at times. So yesterday he said, you know, hey, remember that guy who said he was going to sue me because I kind of made a pedo angle angle on him. Well, he never sued me. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, no. Stop talk- Stop tweeting. We need to take the phone away from Elon and from Donald for a couple weeks. Don't! You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up in Los Altos at the Toll House Hotel end of September. You can sign up using code RADIO25. It's RADIO25. I'm going to go over my outlook for 2019 in stocks, but also going to be talking about tax laws changes, how they affect you and how they affect me. Give you some creative financing ideas on real estate. And CFP Chad Burton will be talking about income and retirement. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.